Are you ready to leave your nine to five? What does it take to start a side hustle? How are people making a living from the internet? Act Natural with John and Courtney is here with real stories and honest answers about what it takes to balance work life and family time. This lifestyle podcast explores the entrepreneurial culture in a practical way. Let's shatter that perfect vision of people on Instagram and break down the myths of what you really need to finally start. Tune in to hear these two millennials balance their six businesses, nonprofit, small town politics, and a new baby who refuses to sleep through the night. This is Act Natural with John and Courtney. John and Courtney, and today our topic is how to quit. How to quit. How to get out of there. What does that mean? Well, it means how the process that you would take, the road that you would walk down, if you want to leave your traditional job and start a side hustle. So how to quit your nine to five job. How to quit your nine to five job. Should be should people be quitting their nine to five job? Not necessarily. But we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about um, the steps that we took to quitting our nine to five jobs. Yeah, you never had and a nine to five job. No, I did too. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. You forget about that for from ev- nine to five. From nine well, it was it was earlier, but that's the concept. Yeah, you that know? is the concept. How to quit that job that you're trying to get out of When's the appropriate amount of time to spend in that job, to be prepared, to do your side hustle? How long should you balance your job and your side hustle? What do you mean balance? Can't you just walk away and say, I'm done? Peace out. I'm an entrepreneur. Got that in my little tag on Instagram. I quit everything to go do my own thing. Sell my job for a million dollars a year later. Love it. So that's what what we want to do. We want to combat that kind of uh, fake lifestyle of what it really means to be an entrepreneur. And... um, Break down the, the steps that it takes to quit your nine to five. To quit. As, to quit. as we say inside of our uh, opener all the time, when's it time to quit your nine to five? When is it time? Let's get into it. Okay. So first point on how to quit is what? Okay. So if you are wanting to quit, the first thing that you have to do is mentally give yourself permission to want something else or yeah. to want more. I think it's a, a balance between this being content and being complacent. Okay. Right? I think being content with your life is great. You should have that throughout this whole journey mm-hmm. of working a side job, of trying to get like more money to save up, to invest in, in a larger idea. You can be content in all of that, but there's a difference between being content and complacent. Complacent is being unhappy with where you're at and not being motivated to move beyond that. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my 9 to 5. I'm going to come home, I'm going to sit, I'm going to watch Netflix, and then I'm going to get on Facebook a little bit later, I'm going to look at all these lives that I wish that I had, I'm going to be unhappy with where I'm at, but I'm not going to do anything about it. That's being complacent, right? Or believing, like, you just can't have that, and yeah. so why work for it? It's not in the cards for me to have that. I, I can't do that. I already have a job. I already went to school for this. I've already got my thing going, and that's just a, that's just a dream. Yeah, and, and a lot of students get caught up in this, too. Like they're saying, oh, I went, I went to school for this. I mean, this is a, an example of, of you, Court. I mean, you, one, you graduated college without any debt. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> that, that's really impressive, actually. Uh, but then you had your degree. Um, you were inside of student teaching. You knew pretty quickly, but you committed to your degree, and, and you got your job, and then you realized, hey, 
you know, maybe this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to focus on that. I want to focus on, on you and you having that, that traditional job of being a school teacher is a very traditional job, realizing that you wanted more. What was your journey inside of saying, hey, um, I want more. Is this okay that I want more? It's, it's a challenge to say the word more. When people say I want more, they often think what I have is not enough. And that's not necessarily the case with me. What I had was enough. It was plenty. It was too much at times. Um, but what I really wanted was just something different. Yeah. And that's okay to want something different, even if you've gone to school for something or you've um, worked for years on a degree. Uh, So for teaching for me, I always wanted to be a teacher whenever I was a kid. I had a lot of really good teachers that um, really poured into me and just made me feel very seen and very... um, I had a lot of teachers that made me feel very seen and special and like, you know, they want to teach me and they want to help me further my future. And I wanted to help out kids in the same way, Um, especially this one theater teacher I had, um, Madam Robbins in ninth grade ninth grade, 10th grade. And a lot of times you can take her 11th grade, 12th grade. She'll teach you, you know, theater one, two, three, and then French one, two, three, and all that stuff. Um, but she was just incredible. And every time that you walked into her classroom, there's music playing, there's show tunes playing, there's a challenge for the day, which is like name a composer or the song or the main vocalist or whatever of the song playing. Yeah. Yeah. And you walk in and it's just this safe place. And there's a ton of people in that school. And it didn't matter what was going on. You're in, you know, third period theater, and this is like a new opportunity. This yeah. is a safe space, and and you wanted to provide that for really. Students. I really wanted to provide that. I found myself going into teaching, wanting to be there more for the atmosphere and the, um, I guess social work aspect of it over the so you went into teaching wanting to provide more of a service of social work yeah really I did i wanted to i i it's that idealist kind of thing where it's like everyone can be safe and everyone can have a good and everybody wants to be safe and, and everybody respects that. that everybody asks for help and everyone wants to have that miss frizzle teacher you know from oh, magic yeah. school bus and so i thought you know i could be that and uh, it wasn't very much the organization and the data of the test taking and the IEPs and all the paperwork that comes with it. I just had this romantic idea of what the classroom was going to be and how, you know, mine was going to be different. Well, you get into it, and the thing is, is that there are these rules and regulations that you have to follow as a teacher. Yeah. And that's okay. It, it's a lot, and uh, you're constantly around teachers who were there before you who are saying, oh, one more thing they put on us, one more thing they put on us. And the thing is, is that's coming from the tippy-tippy top. I mean, you could say it's coming from the principal. Principal is just doing her job or his job. You know, they, they're having to answer to someone else. So because the environment was not what you expected, because the, the culture around teaching and the complaining that was there and then the response of the kids – you didn't want to be in that environment anymore. Is that what gave enough pressure and dissatisfaction inside of the job to say, 
I want more. And did you struggle with that, saying that I want more? What gave you the right in your own mind to say, I've gotten my degree, um, I have graduated without any debt, which is amazing. Um, you know, I've, I've committed to these people. Now there's people dependent on me. The principal's dependent. The, the teachers are dependent on me because I feel like a lot of people in their job, they're part of these teams that, that depend on them. And, and they might not like the atmosphere that that is, but those people inside of that job hold them to that job because I can't let anyone down. I can't let anyone down, right? Well, what in your mind switched to saying, I deserve more, I want more, I'm going to go get more? Yeah, I mean, that definitely plays into it. Um like I'm saying, everyone just has someone that they have to answer to. And sometimes that clouds what we're trying to do. It clouds the classroom environment. It clouds getting the material across. School is for learning. Right. School is for education. And, yeah, I was drawn into it for more of the sentimental reasons and the more of the um, that feeling of, like, wanting to be that safe, you know, Robin's nest that I had in high school. Um, but whenever you get down in the trenches of it, you have so many like deadlines in front of you and you have so many obligations, so many class changes. I mean, at one point we were having 10 periods a day and all of these kids are balancing so many things and you've got 50 minutes to teach your lesson and you have to cover this many um, standards and have this many objectives. And I was struggling. Yeah. I was really struggling. There were some days I absolutely love my job. There are some days where I was like knee deep in a, um, a novel and I love novel uh, projects so much, novel units, because we could get into this whole other world and the kids could just escape for a minute. And you talk about, you cover so many standards. I mean, if you are an English teacher out there and you want to go through um, just like a chunk of standards, I mean, you take on a novel and you can you could do novels the whole year round and cover different things. So it was always really um, fun doing those. And I love that a lot. Ironically, I found myself much more interested in the actual material, the grammar, the writing, the um, novel side, than I found myself interested in the social work side. I didn't go to school for social work. I just wanted to make a difference in kids' lives. And I know that the social work aspect is part of every teacher's responsibility. Um, but whenever... I got into it, there's just so many problems every direction that you look and everyone is strapped and everyone's cup is empty. Everywhere you look, everyone's cup is empty. All the teachers, everyone is just spent and it's hard to push on and it's hard to feel fulfilled in that. And I really struggled with it being enough for me. Um, I wanted to be a great teacher but I just wasn't, I wasn't what, I wasn't as good as I wanted to be. Courtney, it, just let me say, like, it, it was difficult watching all of these things happen. Um, you know, at that time, like, we were doing, we were doing weddings, we were doing a lot of things, and we would have a lot of conversations about this, and, you know, you've always had a very big heart, I think people, people know that, and then watching you want to make a difference, but having kids that were not receptive to, like wanting that in their lives, right? There's a lot of disrespect that came that. Kids are kids. But then also wanting to do something and then having a lot of red tape 
red tape in the way. Wanted to do more, but then always being on empty. And, you know, teachers have big hearts. Like, if you're going to be a teacher, you have to have a very big heart. And it, it's, it's very hard. Like, my mother is, is a, has a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, teachers are, are ser- they have servant's hearts. And oftentimes with people who are, who are built that way, they give and they give and they give and they're not replenished, right? And I saw that in you, like, almost every single day. And there would be highs and be like, oh, man, I felt like a kid grasped a concept more than a concept, I feel like I made a difference. Like these kids are starting to care, but you know, it was a difficult thing. I I didn't know how to approach it with you. I didn't know what to say because it was like, I feel like the situation that you're in is not healthy. I feel like it's not, you're not able to do what you want to do. You know, if you owned your own school and wrote all the own policy, I feel like they're right now. I don't want to get into that, but I do feel like there could have been, you would have felt more fulfilled. And I, and having a, a, a fulfilled life, is a life that has so much happiness and wanting to make a difference and not being able to make that difference because of regulation or because of the atmosphere or whatever reason is a very hard thing. And, and, I, and I have felt that in my own life, not inside of the same context that, that you did, but especially in, in wanting to convey a, a message about making a difference in Nepal and, and wanting to do that and just not knowing how to make that difference, right? Yeah. Um, and I want to hear more about it, but I mean, I, mean, I, I relate because yeah. being in Nepal, having that experience, coming back to the States, not knowing how to communicate it, like desperately trying to make a difference in these kids' lives all the way around the world. And what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like there's a, lack of, there's a lack of empathy. There's a lack of communication on my part. And I didn't know. And I lived a very dissatisfied life because this is my purpose. I want to provide this safe space. I want to be able to provide, provide access to education, but, but I couldn't. And that was hard, you know. Mm-hmm seeing you and in this teaching position going away for large parts of the day coming back having lots of homework and 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 curriculum that you're having to design um struggling with that um and then struggling with the greater good of you know how why am i not getting through i didn't like not being good at something too and i'm very i feel like i'm a very formulaic millennial in this sense uh, I knew it was a lot of work, and I feel like I, I took it head on. You did. I was up hours. I, I worked really hard, um, but I just didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was enough. You know, I didn't wow. feel like I was doing enough, and, like, it's so hard. Like, I want all the kids to learn. I want all the kids to know, and they were just not meeting at the mark some of them were some of them I mean some of those kids were so ahead of the game before I got there and I was I was just hoping I didn't hold them back you know like wow. um but that's just a struggle I only taught for three years but I mean you spend some time in a classroom student teaching and you're gonna get a very realistic idea of what the classroom looks like um without taking on the administrative responsibilities that you always have um on your shoulders and so you know first year I felt like this is what I want to do this is hard but like this is cool and then I was switched schools and then uh switching me to a middle school atmosphere was such a challenge because my whole like heart was I want to be with those high school kids and middle school was just was it the kids that 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 drove everything. Cause I think about high school and then I think about college 
and there's a different there's a different focus in on education. You know, there's a maturity level obviously that's there, and there's a value that a lot of high schoolers still don't have, but there's a lot yeah. of them that do have. Like they they love study, they love that. This is a way of them finding themselves. You know, a lot of students will have an identity inside of how well they do. You're that. I mean, you were a student that took great pride inside of you know the grades that you got on papers and did that and i know that a lot of high schoolers are like that well i'll tell you something very true the aha moment is the same in every age whenever you finally get something that is the same response and the same excitement and the same like human to human i learned something and i feel empowered by that yeah that is the same feeling and i take the same pride in that for any age level um, and that goes the same with downstairs teaching milk or, you know, teaching espresso or something or, um, you know, do this with the register and then they do it and then it works and they're like, ah, you know, like it's that same feeling of I got it. But uh, it was just I felt like because we had our what is it? Hands in so many pails. What is it? We had our fingers in so many pies, fingers in so <laughs> many pies are feet in so many doors. I've I don't know never heard what that. the metaphor is. We had a lot of um, balls that we were juggling and it was time. Like, I think it was, I wasn't being my best self in any area. And I think that it was time to go or time to make a plan. Was that go. the reason why it was time to go? Like, were you dissatisfied with your job and started working on something else to, to counteract that? Or was it because you were too busy and you couldn't give yourself fully? That's a big question to your job. And like on, and I don't know this. Like honestly, let me rephrase it. Were you just too busy to give yourself wholly to the job, or were you dissatisfied with your job and you started working on something else? What do you think? Okay, so that's. Can I say a little of both? You should. Yeah. I was. I just wanted. I was tired and spent, and I know that. It takes hard work, okay? That's the thing. I know you're going to work hard in any field that you're in. It's yeah. not like I'm going to trade this out for something easier. That's not the situation. Exactly. It yeah. was just, I was at a place where I was so broken down. Um, and this is not because of the people that I worked with or anything. They are amazing. And I really feel like that school system is a really great system to Which work one? in. It's Obion County Obion. School. Okay. I feel like they're incredible. And they've made some staff changes, and I hope that everything is, you know, for the better. Um, it's been, it was an incredible three years. Yeah. But uh, if I'm going to be really transparent. You should be. Okay. I felt like. You know, I'm 23, 24, 25 years old, and I know that I've got to pay my dues. I know that I've got to continue to, you know, be in the trenches and put my head down and just go to work. But it was difficult whenever on the weekends we're shooting weddings and people are paying us money for us to shoot their wedding and for us to be a part of their big day. And uh, when we started getting the coffee going, people are paying me money to make them a coffee yeah, and paying us like a hotel room so we can come and we can talk to them about letters in motion. And then on Monday through Friday, Disrespect. I am being talked back to by 12 year olds yeah. who think that I like 
am just a stupid young teacher who can't do and, anything. And who objectify you as well. I and mean, there were some a lot of them s- who were... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I, it's not my story to tell. But I just, you know, I from the other side, I mean, I'm hearing all these stories uh, of dealing with students, and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, just, you know, let's not do that no more. It, okay. I'm not going to get into everything. Kids are kids. Okay. I, I don't... What do you, kids? Are, boys are not boys. Like, kids are kids, but whatever. That's know, like a discipline from a from a pa- from a, from a pa- yeah. No, kids are not just kids. Like kids deserve to be uh, raised right and disciplined and, and be treated with respect. Like I will never say Henry's just a boy. Boys are boys. No, and no, we will never do no. That. He'll he will sit still. He will be quiet. He will treat people with respect. He will not be loud during stores. No, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't like that. Maybe I didn't have the spine for it. But I didn't appreciate uh, kids starting rumors that they saw me online performing acts. Yeah. No, I mean, um, there, there should have been suspension in that. There should have been. And there was. Good. There I mean, was. But still, the, the kids are going to then see me and they're going to say, oh, is that true? Or, oh, that's not true. But, like, now I'm thinking about that. And now they see me in the hall and now they're thinking about that rumor. And now I'm being viewed in that light. And uh, another student who was incredibly difficult and you know I talked with him I talked with his parents you know the principal's on my side very supportive on that end um but the mom wanted to have a call with me and this was shortly after uh the shooting in Kentucky and she said she really wishes that me and her son could get along, and she doesn't understand why he's having such a hard time with me, and she really hopes that something like that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. When and I heard that, I was done. That's not okay with me for the mom of a, of a student that everyone was kind of concerned about. That's not okay for me with me because I'm just trying to do my job. And I'm just trying to hold a standard of, no, I'm sorry, you don't know this amount of information. You're not ready to move on yet, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't even like I was failing him. He was failing himself because he wasn't doing work, but that's another story. And just the fact that the, the mother wanted to call me because she wanted to tell me that instead of what can I do on my end, you know, like I'm going to take away this and I'm going to help him and I'm going to get him a tutor and I'm going to watch him do his homework. You know, no. it, it's about responsibility. And, and I know that we're, we're kind of all over the place with this and we do have an outline to stick to, but I think it's, it's just really important to hear this, you know, because we're talking about people not taking responsibility, people not taking personal responsibility, responsibility for the people who are, who are under them and, when I heard that story, and I know we're leaving out a lot, and, and we should leave out a lot of details in that story, um, I was just so done. I was so done, um, you know, sort of cheering you on and, and trying to get you to, to stick. You know, it was like, no, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to push the coffee shop. I'm going to push the businesses in a way where you can financially uh, step away and then be in an, in an environment where, um, it's full of love and it's full of people who support you, full of people who give you thanks. And it's very hard with the businesses and it's very hard with the coffee shop, obviously. But we are surrounded by uh, an enormous amount of people and community and staff that it's a very uplifting environment and people feel that. And I'm just, and, and you know, I'm not trying to um, encourage other, 
teaching is the hardest job in the world. I promise it, it is. It is the most underpaid job in the world. It and is. I've always had an issue with education systems inside of um, this area. And I've always thought, why? It's a, ten- it's, it's a Tennessee it's thing. It's national. <clears throat> there's like a cap. And then there's like Tennessee sure. and, you know. <clears throat> why do the schools look like penitentiaries? Why are schools not beautiful and built for the most beautiful thing in the world, which is education and learning? Why are teachers not appreciated like they should be? Why are there shows on on Netflix and all over media that says those who can't teach? Why culturally do we devalue the people who are raising um, this whole? And and you know what it leads to is it leads to why is there not personal responsibility for parents to treat teachers with respect and to say, go babysit my kid. Oh, by the way, if there's a school shooting, I, you know, warned you. What the crap? What the crap is that? And so, yeah, I, I'm, have no problem saying yeah, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna create an opportunity that if Courtney wants to move out of this situation that she can and, that, and that's what happened, you know. And I know that that might you know we're talking about how to quit and we do want to give that was a, my quitting story. That that was her quitting story, um, you know. And there's so many so many wonderful takeaways, so many great students that I had. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about um, our future and. Yeah. Um, the the kids that we've got in our world today, and some of them are incredible and so creative and so driven. Yeah. Um, and I don't want it to talk about just the few bad apples. I was just in a place where I couldn't mentally handle those apples anymore, and I couldn't mentally be in that space anymore. Um, feeling like I was feeling, and talk more about what the journey that we took to get out of that it wasn't quit now let's do something else well let's talk about that let's think let's relate it back to in general in the whole and i appreciate you like you being open about like your story and that's a big deal to talk about your quitting story um you know in general i think it for, for people who might not have as much of a um traumatized experience like you could call it that um i could i was in a good system still like i Okay, this is this is our point here. Give yourself permission to want more. You you constant and I still do this. I constantly try to justify or say just because I wasn't in this school school system and I didn't have to go through that and my books had covers and bindings and I had the supportive administration and it wasn't as bad as that situation so I shouldn't be complaining or I shouldn't want more. I should realize what I have. It's it's still it's my life, you know. I it's my future. It's what I want to do, you know, 40 hours a week or more. You know, how do I want to spend my time? And it's not disrespecting the people around you or the job you have now. And it's not belittling everything that it took to get you to that position. Your degree does not mean less because you're not using it, right? Your job doesn't mean less because you want something else. It's just saying that, you know, you're, you're young, right? If you're 30, even if you're like you're 40, and, you know, Lord willing, you live to 80 to 90 is a huge amount of life. Why would I stick doing one thing when I know I'm unhappy? Why would I commit to doing one thing because of all the past that it's built up to accomplish that? Yeah. Go try something else. And acknowledging that you want more, giving yourself permission to, to feeling okay with wanting more. Being, or something different. Yeah, or something different. Um, yeah, just changing it. I, I like that story of uh, the guy that was on Hangover. He was that act. What? Ken Jin. Ken Jin. Okay, so he was a doctor. He's like trained. Like he was a real doctor. Yes. Um, and and then he just threw everything out the window 
and said, you know, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to do, I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to do comedy and I'm going to be in the hangover. What, what was his name again? Um, Leslie Chow in the yeah. hangover. So crazy. And then now he has this stand up routine. We watched him on Netflix. He has a special on Netflix. And uh, boom, there he is, man. He was a doctor and now he's a comedian. He wanted something else. He wanted something else. And he was bold enough to say, you know, I want something more with my life. I want something different with my life. You know, uh, by all standards, he had a, he had a complete life. He was done. He had a wife. He had he had his whole life. He basically said, "No, I want to switch it up," and he gave himself permission for that. And then, boom! Look where it led him. I think it's really brave. Some people might think it's really stupid, but I think it's it's really brave to say, "Yeah, I did all of this ten years or whatever it is of school, but I want something, something else." So you're not gonna. I'm not gonna stay in the box. I'm gonna do something else about contentment versus complacency mm -hmm. you know he had this great life you had um a life that you had that was that was beautiful like you were making a difference inside of that but it was saying i i want more i i deserve more i want something different and in in that desire right was creating this unhappiness and there was a potential to being complacent right it could have led to being complacent and being dissatisfied with your life. But you said, no, I'm going to move beyond that. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to be happy with where I'm at. I'm going to be happy on this journey to creating something more for myself. And there's a quote. Okay. And I love this quote so much. Go ahead and say, who, who says this quote? Okay. This is Naval Ravikant. I like this guy so much. He says, desire is a contract that you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want. What do you think about that? Wow. Desire is... So you want to be careful with desire, contract. you know? Because it, it's talking about, you know, you should live a, a fulfilled and happy life. So that desire, you know, and a lot of times, so my time in Nepal, mm -hmm. uh, spending time into the mountains up there, Mid a lot of, and, and I want to be careful about this, but, you know, a lot of in, in the Buddhist religion is about eliminating desire, okay. eliminating oneself. So saying that nothing else, nothing else exists, in myself, my person does not exist, I have no desire you know, to say that I am, that I want something um, is robbing myself of the true essence of, of living and being. Now, I don't subscribe fully to that. I really don't. Um, you know, I desire to be um, at a different stage in life than I am now. But that desire does not overtake me to the point where I'm unhappy in my day to day. Um, it has in the past. And I've expressed to you many times and, I've, and on this podcast and earlier episodes where I, I have struggled so much with putting in a lot of work during the day and at the end of it feeling unhappy why is that because i had a desire to be more that day and balancing this this life of you know when when can i quit you know i've already acknowledged that that i want more that that i that i'm content where i'm at but i don't want to become complacent i desire more things in my life but that desire doesn't overtake me to become unhappy inside of this journey of moving forward yeah it's a hard thing to balance yeah. and i fail at that daily uh but if I can continue to remind myself that I'm on this journey, I'm, I'm taking a, a step forward every day. It might not be a great leap like I want to, but I'm, I'm, I'm on this road. That, that helps me. Mm -hmm. You know, this podcast, this, this doing this helps to, to progress forward. Is it where I want it to be? No. Is my business where I want it to be? No. Is, is, is my marriage and my family, are we living in the house that I want? No, but that desire does not overtake to create an unhappiness. So I, I don't like I don't like making those contracts to be unhappy with it. Uh, that being said, I'm gonna, I want to move on to the next point. That being said, being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. creating that uncomfortableness 
uh, does not always have to be attached to unhappiness, oh, right? Yeah. I might be unhappy with where I'm at and that will motivate me, but your motives have to be based inside of um, something that's more wholesome, something that's more self-fulfilling. Does that make sense? You know, I, it's hard to be in a situation that you're not happy with and say that motivates me out of pain, mm. but it really has to be motivated out of wanting to better your life. And being satisfied with where you're at doesn't mean you have to stay there. Being satisfied with where you're at does not mean you have to stay there. Even if, and I'm sure that, you know, um, what's his name again? I always forget his name. Naval? <laughs> no, not Laval. Leslie Chow. Um, you know, Ken Jin. Yeah, I'm sure that he was, I mean, God, he had money. He oh, had, yeah. um, I'm sure, a beautiful wife. I mean, he had a great house, a great life. Um, I mean, you can be happy with that. Mm-hmm. But... Um, still not letting that happiness become a comfort, right? Mm-hmm. And then moving beyond that. I, I, I try to practice that. You know, why do you do so much? Why do you have all these things? Well, you know, I'm happy with what I have. I'm happy with you, Court. I'm happy with my, my son. I'm happy with my businesses. He was so cute last night. <laughs> he was, but I want to move forward and, and accomplish yeah. more. Um, the second big point <laughs> is is what? Okay, so it, it, it... The second big point on what we're talking about um, in, in trying like, in knowing how to quit is what? Well, it fish tails. What is that called? When it ties, it dovetails <laughs> right into what we were talking about. You're really about. bad at like these, uh, metaphors, metaphors right? In these little, I, it started Idioms? whenever I was pregnant. I, my words just vanished. I was like, you know, you know, you know, and they're like milk. And I was like, <laughs> Yep. Oh, gosh. Um, Perseverance is what we're talking about, Corp. I'm sorry. We're talking about perseverance. It dovetails right into what we were talking about, about giving yourself permission um, and wanting something different or wanting something more. Um, You've got to work for it. You are not. Just because I'm not happy with teaching doesn't mean I deserve anything else. Um, I, you have to work for the other thing that you want. It's not just like, oh, Oh, like you automatically deserve to quit. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. No, you have your responsibility and you need to complete that first of all. And you need to complete it to the same standard as whenever you got the job. Yeah. Don't let your energy level go down and your performance level go down because you're unhappy with where you're at. Right. But at the same time, um, persevere and, yeah, okay. And put in the hours. I like this. So if you're going to be an entrepreneur, quote unquote, I really hate that word. Entrepreneur. I don't like that. Entrepreneur. Put that in your, in your little tagline there um, on Instagram. Um, you're not going to, you know, quit your day job to do that. You're going to you're gonna take on two more day jobs. And then you're going to work late into the night. And you're going to cut out all the extracurricular activities that you have and focus on developing a skill for yourself to then become self-sustained inside of your own business. Yeah, so we said, sorry, can't hang out friends. Sorry, can't do that right now. Sorry, family, got to cut it short. You know, all these different things. And we went and, you know, edited a film late into the night. And um, I taught, you know, at 7 the next morning. So practically, you're 9 to 5 that you have, yeah. right? And then from 5 till, till 12, 2 a.m., you work on your idea. And if you can pick up a say you work like a teacher job and then you're able to work another side job and then you work an idea and then you live on 15 to $20,000 a year. You cut everything out of your life. You save that for five years, save money for five years, developing your skill, developing what you want and then taking that shot. That's what it takes. So no one ever created their own side hustle and side job that overtook 
what they were doing in their main job less than a year, it doesn't happen. Like the whole, the whole mindset behind um, quitting your job mm-hmm. needs to be, how do I double down on my job right now? Yeah. How do I take on another job? How do I then maintain that, cut my expenses, save up money, and then say, okay, I've got 20000 saved or whatever it is. I've, I've doubled my workload, and then now I'm going to take a leap. And Absolutely. only when your job can sustain. So you taught for three years. We started the coffee shop in the middle of all of that. The coffee shop was able to generate uh, enough for your teacher's salary, mm-hmm. profitability to move over. And that is when you left. You do not say, I'm unhappy, I'm going to leave. No, and in the middle of that, I mean, I was, I would teach my full day and then I would come home, I would change my clothes and yeah. then I would work, you know, for to close or whatever. Or um, I didn't work every single day. I think I worked at different times. It varied three to four days a week. Um and then we would have our weddings on the weekend. And sometimes after I would help close up the shop. Yeah, we were working a lot in the shop at that in time. Shop, yeah, we didn't I know would, how to train people. I, taught, I would help work in the shop. And then sometimes you said, Court, I really need you on this film. Or I need you to write a commercial for this. Or where's the script I need for that? And it was like mentally incredibly difficult. But I got stronger. Yeah, stronger. And I... It, I you can't say I can't do this. Yeah, see, that's the point. See, if you cannot manage multiple jobs and work on your, on your idea, if you can't do that, if you can't make it through that, you have no business calling yourself an entrepreneur. You have no business going into business for yourself. Because if you can't manage that, you certainly can't manage the stress and the pressure of everything being on your shoulders at the same time. Because guess what? You got a stable job? Well, then you're, you're, you're going to have a check at the end of the day. Right. You're going to have a check that. If we don't work, we don't eat. If we don't work, nothing happens. Right. If we don't, if we don't work, if we don't say we've got to finish this or we've got to put in these hours, we're not going to meet payroll. No. Which means that our staff can't have a paycheck. And we're talking about just to give you so, some sort of scale. You know, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars that we pay out a year in staff. Like that's crazy. That was crazy to me to yeah. do those taxes. I was like, "What the crap I is going on here?" I could not believe payroll. I was like, "What is going on right now?" It was because you feel like it's like, how are we barely surviving each month with this payroll being taken out? And then you look at that chunk at the end of the year, and it's like, "Wow, there was more money." Like, you oh know? yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The accounting's awesome. Like to look at it like that, but it's it's encouraging to say, "Look at my team. Look at this, um, and look at how much that we're we're growing together." But it's like, you know, I, we have a responsibility to those we guys. Do. We have a responsibility to our staff, people depending on that. We're providing jobs for people. And that pressure, I freaking love that. But we learned that pressure because we took on multiple jobs and was working on, on our idea. If we were to just quit, we would have drowned. And most people do. Most people die in the first year. Most people die in the first five. And the reason is, is because they started on a false premise. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of accounting problems that go on, a lot of that kind of stuff. But really, people are not preparing themselves to quit. Mm-hmm. They want a way out. Your way out to quitting is doubling down, mm-hmm. not just quitting. Mm-hmm. The other thing is um, people just expect this idealist-looking um, Pinterest image of starting your own business. So you go on there and there are hundreds of articles about like how to be a girl boss and um, 
five things you need as an entrepreneurial boss babe and all this I stuff. I hate that crap. And everything is well lit and professionally photographed and there are all these simple steps. Such bull crap. And it's like, okay, but where's your office? So people think I'm going to be my own boss and I'm going to have this beautiful white office with this open window and I've got green plants. Love that. And I've got, I'm going to just sit there and I'm going to Money's just going to come. Blog. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to get all that like, money. All right, so you don't have an office because you can't afford rent for an office. So what you're actually going to do is you're going to get out your laptop and you're going to bust your butt working on articles in your bed or yeah. in on the kitchen table. Right, um, with and, two followers. And you've got, you know, dishes in the sink because you made the priority or like, ah, after dinner, I've got to get this done. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to get, you know, working on the housework and it, you're not going to put aside that time. Yeah. And so it's just... People need to see and people need to know the veil needs to be lifted. If you're going to do this side hustle, it's not this glamorous thing of walking into this designated space. No, you I don't have it. I designated space. I love designated space. Okay, yeah. I'm not one of those, let me do this on my phone. I'm like, where's the desktop computer so that I can mentally like focus and type this thing Set out? the stage. I need the stage. It helps me. I don't know if it's the theater or whatever, but I need like the space designated for this. And that's just not going to happen for a lot of people. And you've got to find a way and uh, it's ugly, but it works. You know, like it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. And, and working in that kind of a system until time passes and you say, okay, Mm. I have X many dollars. Now I can, you got to live on less. You got to be humble. Yeah. Entrepreneurism, being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, you have to be humble. Um, humble in the lifestyle. Humble in what you spend. You're gonna you're gonna eat at the house and not go out to eat. Why? Because well, that that extra ten bucks that I just saved, I can put towards my idea. I'm gonna if I have two cars, I'm gonna sell one car. We did that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had two cars. We sold one. Why? Because I'm gonna lower that debt payment. I'm gonna free up that. It might be a little bit harder to get around. We've managed quite well yeah, just we getting have, around. Yeah, we walk a lot. Um, yeah, and then. Um, yeah, I mean, selling your car, saying, hey, I don't need that extra debt, looking at all of your expenses and saying, hey, I can probably cut you know, $10,000 a year that I have in order to put towards my idea. you, you got to play the long game. You know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be a business, if you're going to like really you know, you're gonna quit, quit, if you're, you're going <laughs> to quit, you got to prepare for that yeah. and live on less so you can do more. Mm. Live on less so you can do more. Simple as that. All right, so last point is knowing when to jump. Okay, when so... Here we go. We, we've set the stage, right? We've done all of this. We, we have, let's go from the top. What we have done is we have said, um, I know who I am. I know that I want more. I know that I, I, I want to move forward in my life, right? I've respected what I have and I've paid my dues. I have persevered. Been I've, in the trenches. I've been in the trenches. I've, I've worked until three. I've worked until three and I've done that for two years. I've done that for a long time. I've lived on less and I've saved up all my money now. Now, when do we jump? Congratulations. Yeah, you're ready. You're allowed to do this. You're allowed to do this. You've put in the work. You've proven to yourself only because all that matters is proving it to yourself, not yeah. the people around you because they're going to say you're crazy no matter what you do. They're that, not going to support what. How do you feel like you've got to do this? I just need to listen. Do this. Listen to me. When you jump, you're going to have a lot of voices in your head mm-hmm. saying, are you sure you should do this? I, I, I don't know, you know. So Ma- many whispers Ma- when I said I'm leaving for a coffee shop. Yeah, Ma- Mom and Dad are going to come in and they're going to say, oh, I don't know about this. Uh, 
why don't you why don't you stick with that job that has benefits what, but what about your health insurance like you'll figure out health insurance can, can you afford to do this i don't think you should do this all of those people all your peers all those people are being negative kind of giving you that you know what they're really doing they're wishing they were in your position they're, they're gonna be those little voices of doubt they're, you're you're about to have a life that they only wish that they could have they could dream of it doesn't matter who it is they're all going to experience a little bit of jealousy inside of what you're about to do and what you're about to undertake. But guess what? All that matters is you. You being confident in yourself. You've paid your dues. Stand on that and let's jump, right? So what does that really look like? Okay, so you got your income figured out, right? You've saved up some money and you're willing to take a hit for six months, right? Because you're about to go to zero for six months. Taking that leap of faith is, is believing in yourself and saying, I need a designated space. I'm ready to launch my online business. I'm ready to do this. And it requi it now requires 100% of my time. You've been given what? 50% of your time. Because your other 50% of your time is given to all your other jobs. So here we are. We're saying, I'm going to live on less. And I'm going to give 100% to my idea. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's exciting. It's super exciting. You did it. You did it. And it's super stressful, but it's super exciting. And you're going to go on that journey and, and you're going to And you're going to make your own hours and you're going to stick to a schedule. You're going to make this thing happen. Woo! Because uh, you deserve it. Because you've earned it. You've earned it. And this is a big deal. So our, you know, jumping moment uh, for me was when I left Dunkin' Donuts and pursued photography full time. Yeah, you did. And you when were making you, a living from your own camera. Yeah. And it's when you left teaching. Yeah. And you came and you managed. You did a lot more than just a coffee shop. You were doing Fernway. Fox Weddings, Good Morning Martin, Martin Coffee House, and all the other ideas that you we know, had and worked it's on. It's more like John Incorporated. There's a lot of things that we got going on, a lot of different things. I it's don't really... Like John Incorporated. I don't know how to... Yeah, like a big umbrella that it's has like a bunch of stuff. You create and you idea all of these things, and then our team helps it happen, yeah. and then I'm like, John Management. <laughs> you manage me. I manage you. I don't. I don't disagree and with you that. You make the other things happen, but I make you happen. Uh, hey, hundred percent. I'm and your engine. You are my. You're the fuel to my engine. Absolutely. <laughs> we are so, so weird to say that. You're the fuel. Don't to don't start singing. No no no. Hey, uh, I hundred percent agree with that. Without you, I would just burn out. Yeah. Um, you yours you are, are what holds the engine together. Let's stop with this. <laughs> this is gross. Hey, uh, this has been great. You'll know when to jump uh, when you're ready, uh, because you've already proven to yourself everything, and you'll be so um, full of pride, and and you'll be you'll be bold enough to do it. And the work that you have to do will start to take over, and yeah. you won't have time for anything. You need to take over, like, and you'll you'll have to jump yeah. because because you ran out of room. Yeah. In our current situation. Everything that we have started has started to take over on a whole other level. Mm -hmm. uh, with Fernway, it's growing very hard. I mean, and then Martin Coffee House, and then everything right now, it's like all the companies that we've started are like needing to jump again mm -hmm. at the same time. And we can talk about that some other time yeah. when what you have created has Level completely up. taken over your life and you now have to, you know, grow. We, we talked about that in our last podcast on uh, knowing when to grow. What about? creating something that has grown so fast that you don't know how to yeah. rein it in. Um, so you're just, you're just constantly jumping, 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 jumping. Um, that'd come later. And that's exciting. That's awesome oh, yeah. to we'll know when something grows it. that much, but it's been a great time talking about how to quit. Um, I enjoyed hearing your, like your story more in depth. It's just so neat to kind of hear things for the first time 
on air. Like I've heard a lot of, I like, I know you, Courtney. Yeah, but, but now it's like, let's bring it in and kind of like yeah. a polished package almost. It's a little different. So I've different. enjoyed hearing that. This has been the Ag Natural Podcast. With, with John and Courtney. John and Courtney. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye.